All right, welcome to The War Room, the show where we actually know what we're talking about, but we probably don't. Maybe we do. Who cares? And we are finally back up in here. Uh, right now, I'm just joined with Bert today. Um, no landing today. He's out, just busy today. But um, we are ready to break down some basketball with all the craziness. We are sorry we've been gone so long. Uh, we've, we've both had a bunch of summer. Everyone's had summer school, and uh, also we also haven't had sports for a fat minute. Um, but we wanted to do an episode when the NBA, NBA came back, but we were both wrapping up summer school and just did not have the time, unfortunately. But got a little bit freed up right now. It's because of fall semester. We got a little bit more time to spread things out. So uh, we are back and uh, we are happy to start talking about sports again. I, I was really wondering if we were ever going to get around to it this year, if we ever were going to have sports again. But God bless the NBA bubble. Um, so, yeah, um, Bert, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, to sum up the first round, we had uh, OKC get bounced by Houston. Thank God. Houston avoiding absolute memedom for a decade. Um, if they would have got bounced by CP um, and the, that petty point God, we would have just uh, Twitter had all their drafts ready for just the, the most Houston bashing memes ever, I swear. Uh, and then we go down to Denver, Utah. Denver comes uh, comes back down 3-1, becomes the 12th team to ever do that, and beats Utah. Uh, and then Lakers bounce Dallas uh, in six games. And then Miami dang near sweeps Orlando, but goes 4-1. Uh, Miami does sweep the Pacers. Uh, Boston sweeps the, the 76ers. And Toronto sweeps the, uh, the Nets. So, I mean, the East wasn't really that exciting of, of a playoff series at all. Uh, everything was a sweep except for Orlando getting that surprise win against Milwaukee. Um, so, yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Um, as we're recording this, the Rockets have uh, played game one and beaten the Lakers. Um, so, Bert, let's go ahead and dive into this. What, uh, what was really surprising to you, other than the fact that we won last night, that you saw from the Rockets? And do you think it's repeatable? Um. I think it's definitely repeatable. Um, I do expect to see the Lakers kind of put up a little bit stronger performance in game two. Mm. Um, I did notice how the Lakers have been sitting for a a couple days. You know, there's probably a good chance that, you know, they might have cooled off a little bit. Um, I did expect the Rockets to come out and have a pretty decent performance, um, especially coming off of that game seven. Mm. Um, I was curious to see if, um, you know, just the toll of that series kind of weighed down the Rockets a little bit. Um, yeah, I was very I concerned did, about that. I, I was uh, pleasantly shocked to see them come out and perform as well as they did, um, especially James Harden. You know, Game 7, he didn't necessarily have the offensive performance mm-hmm. that we're accustomed to seeing. but Not at all. It's, it seems that he uh, made a – decent comeback for game one um i i don't i'm, I'm curious to see how game two is going to go in this series i think the series um in terms of game two and game three are going to be interesting to see how the it's going to play a big factor in how the series uh really plays out mm-hmm. um i i really doubt that lebron james accepts going down 2-0 in this series mm-hmm. um i i I really don't see many case scenarios where the Rockets win game two. Um, meaning there's a, such a large emphasis on game three. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, like I said, it's it. I think this game is going to be one in the next two games, or this series is going to be one of the next two games. 
Um, yeah. Well, if we break down this game, I mean, we got Harden with 36-5 and two steals uh, and uh, t- uh, shooting 12-20 from the field, uh, 50% from three on six attempts, and then 9-12 from the free throw line. Westbrook dropped 25, I mean, I'm sorry, 24, nine rebounds, six assists. Uh, Eric Gordon, surprisingly, finally becoming that third scorer that we need and actually having a three-point shot, unlike the entire OKC, uh, OKC series until freaking Game 7 when he hit five, surprisingly. Um, Eric Gordon with 23 points, um, 50% from the field, three of eight from three, all six of his free throws. Uh, another notable thing was Covington with four blocks on the night. Um, he's been re- Covington and PJ have been doing a really good job of boxing out bigs. Um, but Covington is able to collapse from the backside, in my opinion, and really make the defense work because he's he's six seven, but he's got a seven foot wingspan, so he's able to get up there and really contest some of these bigs from going up there and uh, getting some blocks. But I think it's safe to say that you know across the board, this was a team effort, and this wasn't a usual 2018-2019 Houston playoff win where Harden has to drop forty or fifty to you know beat him by four or something like that. Um, it, it just really seemed like finally, it, it, you know, I think the biggest reason I was happy we finally got past OKC was one, OKC was a bad matchup for us because of their three point guard lineup, um, and how good that they, uh, they were defensively and, uh, with, uh, getting in front of our passing lanes and Lou Dort, uh, preventing Harden from driving. Um, and then also the fact that we were handicapped. So I guess the fact that finally, you know, you know, we prevented ourselves from taking the three seed from Denver because of the fact that we wanted this matchup in the second, but it gave us a w- way tougher matchup in the first than we wanted. So it just feels like when we won that game seven, it's like, okay, we got some relief. Finally, we got the matchup that we wanted. Um, and more importantly, for once, it feels, you know, f- like we finally got all of our, uh, our pieces, um, you know, together and healthy. I mean, last year you can, well, so, you can say we technically did because Chris Paul was healthy for that whole series. But I mean, Eric Gordon, who's supposed to be the third scorer, a scorer played, but he was playing with uh, bone fragments loose in his knee. He had to get his knee scoped when he finished the playoff series, so he was not. And he played like that too. He did not play well. Um, so well, it, ju- it just so feels much, like finally we got everything together for the most part. Some of that I think can be attributed just to the Rockets and their defensive performance, not only last night, but across the board in the first series. Mm-hmm. It, it, you, you're finally seeing a Rockets team that has shown signs of defensive play. I mean, not, um, not just signs. I mean, uh, statistically, they're the number one defense in the bubble and, and in the postseason. Um, and, and look, I, I think it comes down to, you know, their strategy with this defense is basically um, we understand that every once in a while, y'all, you know, one of our fours or, or threes, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they might not always do it to PJ, but, you know, they'll, they'll get, they'll somehow get a really good switch on someone like Daniel House or um, uh, Ben McLemore or someone of that, of that, that, you know, that kind of stature that really just can't, is just going to get back down in the post. And occasionally you are going to get a big ISO on there. You're going to get your two points from an easy bucket in the post. But one, we're going to have backside help. So every, any big that's going to go into the, the post and try to ISO is going to have one and a half at least defenders covering him. But the other thing is um, they're, they're relying on, on, on them to try that, mainly because whenever, especially a team like the Lakers, you play so big, 
whenever they spread their offense out to to isolate a, a big guy, as we saw in the very first game, the Rockets play with this small ball when they, you know, Anthony Davis had a good night and he was getting all kinds of ISOs uh, and backing people down. But the problem is when you repeatedly force the isolation to try to back uh, back, you know, a smaller guy down. Yes, you may get your two points, but you may not, you know, maybe 50 50. But you'll have the advantage in that specific situation. The problem is you completely stop your entire offense from moving and doing that because everyone else is just back by the three-point line trying to give him space to do some post moves, right? And as we've seen, you know, if you're not converting, you know, 60 to 70% of those one-on-one matchups in the post um, and then the Rockets start hitting some three balls, you know, it's it's not going to work out too well. Um, so, and then I think the... The second most important thing with this defense strategy is uh, getting in passing lanes, get, you know, forcing turnovers um, because of the fact that all five of their def- uh, d- defenders can defend the perimeter and they can switch really well. They don't have a center that's slow on the switch and um, can be walked out to the three-point line and get uh, gotten past. Um, I, think, I think that's what's been allowing the Rockets to consistently win turnover battles. Um, and in all the games that we lost with OKC, we lost the, uh, the turnover battle, if I'm not mistaken, maybe all but one. So I think the the biggest key, I'll see if you agree with this, Bert, for this is one, um, winning the turnover battle. I think if the Rockets keep theirs under 11, which is their season average, uh, you know, 11 or under, they're OK. And if they can be plus two or three uh, on the other side, uh causing turnovers for the Lakers, then they're, they're in any game. Um, and as we, you know, as we've seen, because of the, the fact that even if the threes aren't follow, uh, falling, we're able to spread people out. If we can get uh, points in the paint from driving from the perimeter, such as when Eric Gordon or Westbrook or uh, Harden are able to penetrate and get in there and then in, in doing so create uncontested threes, um, I think that's the recipe for success there. Uh, but I think the biggest thing with the Rockets is every game is a dice roll, but every game they have a shot to win it and every matchup they have a shot to win it. I'd say the only team that's left that can really um, consistently give them trouble is going to be the Clippers, but that's next round. I'm just talking it, on, on defense stuff. Lakers have the offense to handle the Rockets for sure. And on paper, you know, they should win this uh, this series, it seems like, but I think uh, it's definitely going to go to seven. Uh, but yeah, so but what are your thoughts on that? Do you uh, again? I'll ask you. Do you think anything that we saw last night is repeatable in certain aspects? Do you think the three point shooting is uh, repeatable? Do you think uh, you know Eric? I, I, I specifically asked you. Do you think Eric Gordon's scoring night is repeatable? Do you think he can actually be that third score that he used to be, and we need him to be? Well, I, I think it's. I think he can do it again. I mean, it was evident. Um, I mean, in several games in the OKC series where he was able to do so. Um, the big thing I, I took away from, uh, last night was just the Rockets, you know, mantra. I mean, it's, it it seemed to me when they took the court last night that they were the dominant team. Mm -hmm. And if they come out like that for the next couple of games, I mean, I I know LA is going to take a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Um, it has, there's no way that this is going to be a four. Somebody's just going to sweep another uh, team here. Yeah, but um, I, I I think it's absolutely um, doable for the Rockets to win the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, especially if they show, come up and play the defense that they did last night, um, 
that that's one thing that I just super aggressive. Um, I remember watching uh, one play with uh, PJ Tucker on uh, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. um, just PJ Tucker all over him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, if the Rockets come out and play defense like that, I it, they're defense wins championships. I know it's yeah. I know it's I know it's a you know stereotypical or cliche thing to say, but it, it's it, if they show up and play defense like that, they will win. Hey, defense won us game seven uh, against OKC, so that's definitely notable. Um, I I mean, I will say last night we, you know, we didn't get completely destroyed in the post, but as we saw, Anthony Davis, you know, got ISOed in the post and got a lot of good one on one post matchup points. I mean, he hit um, two back to back, just easy layups he had from a smaller guy. He got matched up with House, got matched up with, uh, he even hit one on on Harden, and then he hit uh, a face up mid range over PJ. So it seemed like, you know, okay, you know, their, their bigs really capitalizing, but then the Rockets just going on, you know, the Rockets were matching them point for point. And then when they started um, meeting the bigs out, uh, out at the perimeter, they really start shutting that stuff down and then forced AD to really kind of start trying to open up his game and shoot from the perimeter or really drive hard. And again, when, when bigs are having to force the opportunity of trying to exploit a, uh, a smaller matchup, they're slowing down the rest of the, well, not just slowing down, they're stopping the rest of their offense. So, uh, if the Rockets can take advantage of that, then they're in any game. Um, most interesting stat from last night, and I don't, I don't think this was repeatable, but I think this definitely is the reason that it was a blowout. Was the Rockets matched their rebounds, and I, I don't think uh, against any other team so far they've, they've in the in the in the playoffs or the, the bubble they've matched or rebounded better than anybody else because you know it's a small ball and everything but they matched the the rebounds with the biggest team in the league last night and I think that's the reason it was a um it was a blowout I mean you on paper that should not happen when a team has seven I mean I'm sorry three three seven foot centers um and and just they're one of the biggest teams in general they have several threes and fours that are six seven six eight and you got Kuz you got LeBron I mean um Dudley I mean geez um, it's it just on paper that shouldn't happen. So I don't think that'll, that that's repeatable for game two, but it's, it's very obvious. And we're about to transition um, to, uh, to this game. It's very obvious that this, that the Rockets had, and I think this is mainly because of Russell Westbrook, the opposite performance of game one of the, uh, of this series and the nuggets, right? You know, both these teams should have been tired on paper off that game seven, and they weren't expected to come out too hot, but I think the Rockets, you know, I mean, granted, you know, Westbrook, you know, when you have Westbrook, one, you're going to get that energy boost. But two, they this team hasn't had uh, Westbrook for the majority of their playoff time. So getting him back, definitely uplifting for the team. But, you know, you never have to worry about energy when you have a Westbrook on the floor. But with the Nuggets, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and transition into that game. Um, Nuggets, obviously, they just came out and just look, you know, after the first five minutes of the, the first quarter, they just looked tired. Um, Jamal Murray, I think he only had maybe 12 points on the night. Uh, most of that in the first quarter. Um, I might have to double check that, but uh, not a good game from him. Um, Jokic did okay, uh, and they, they just got blown out. I mean, Clippers, granted to them, they you know they had the, uh, just about the same. They had a little uh, a little bit less resting time than the Lakers, but because of how things fell, you know they were still waiting uh, uh, for a while and got plenty of rest before starting this second round series. 
And, uh, you know, especially with the way Paul George has been playing in these playoffs, which is very off and on, and some, especially in the first round, more off. Um, you know, we were wondering if maybe Denver could catch him sleeping, and no, they're just in this first game there wasn't a chance. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on this uh, this matchup here, Bert? Um, I, I don't really know much about this matchup. Um, I, I think it's very similar to Houston LA matchup to where anybody can win it. Um, I, I do think LA, uh, in terms of talent, probably is a little bit heavier. For sure, um, especially with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, I, I, I honestly think the Clippers are one of the most slept-on teams in the NBA right now. I think, um, I, I know I say that, and there's probably what what are they coming in number two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, everyone's been predicting that it's going to be them and the Lakers in the conference finals, um, and I definitely think that the Clippers are going to make it there. Whether or not Denver takes them, you know, past the fifth or fourth game is the question I have. I, I don't know. Um, I, Denver, I just don't see how Denver can put up with um, L.A., especially coming off, like you said, a game set or game seven series. Um, I, I just don't think they have enough energy. Well, I, th- I think for game t- two, the energy thing shouldn't be a question. They're, I mean, you know, if it is, and that's their fault, they're professional athletes, they got to recover by now. Um, I, I understand the first game, you know, if, if, if your threes aren't falling because your legs are tired from going seven, especially with the way that Denver-Utah series was a freaking shootout. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Both Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray dropping like three or four 50-point 50, uh, 50 games over that thing. It was just insane. Um but I, I think the biggest thing is that we're seeing in the difference in offensive performance for Denver is the perimeter defense. Because, you know, the Lakers are technically, you know, supposed to be right there with the Clippers on defense, right? Um, you know, they're, they're weaker in the perimeter, but, you know, against most teams that, you know, your, of your basic lineup, um, they're, supposed, you know, they're supposed to be just as statistically good as the Clippers because of how good their post defense is. Um, but I think the biggest reason we're seeing such a drop-off, especially in that first game, obviously, we're, you know, I think they'll make some adjustments uh, and more importantly be fresher, it, it, it's the perimeter defense. I mean, um, you know, Jamal Murray, you know, not uh, yeah, uh, Murray just did not have a good night. Um, Jokic did okay. Um, but had some turnovers. Um, I, I, I really think that uh, the biggest problem here is just a perimeter defense, especially because they don't have they, they have some good shooters on there. The biggest problem is aside from Jamal Murray and Joe and Jokic in the post specifically, they don't have too many shot creators. Um, I think that's their biggest thing. There's a lot of teams that have good shooting and can force the Clippers to spread their defense out to the perimeter. But because of that, that triple headed defensive uh, just wall of Paul George, Kawhi and Pat Bev, you know, uh, if you're not a shot creator, you will not get a shot once they start walking their defense out to the perimeter. I think that's the scariest thing about them. Um, 
So I think if Jokic can really try to get some work done in the post to open up some uncontested shots, um, that could really help them and give you know uh, give them a chance. Um, but as we've seen with problems with the Rockets in the past, like the past two years, when when you most need a center to dominate, um, especially one that just isn't just like a Shaq kind of uh, kind of center. And, and Jokic is great, but he's not just as he doesn't play as physically dominant as someone like a Shaq or a prime Dwight Howard plays where he just demands extra attention in the post. Um, you know, just like what the, the, the Rockets had problems with Clint Capella in the playoffs. You know, if you're if you're going to rely on him to be dominant in the post when he never really was he had to be dominant in the post to perform, um, you know, you're not going to get uncontested shots from his play in the post uh, unless he just goes out of nowhere and starts dominating one-on-one matchups. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, Denver's going to have to pull themselves out of a, a 2-0 uh, hole, uh, probably. Uh, I don't see them winning game two. I think they're going to need at least two games to really figure out how they're going to get their offense to work. Um, but, hey, if Jamal Murray somehow is able to drop 40 or 50 again, you know, it's I guess they're in any game, but I don't see that happening with their defense. Um, so yeah, that really Denver's offense is the biggest question mark here, but I think this could be one of the shorter series. But speaking of shorter series, Bert, we really got to talk about this one. Um, an absolute surprise in the Eastern conference of Milwaukee now being down Oh three to the Miami heat. Um, because that tomball boy, Jimmy Butler is cooking them folks over there. Uh, had a 40-piece in the first game, had a 30-piece last night, um, hit the game-winning free throws in the second game. Um, yeah, this was just probably the biggest shock. I, I I kind of saw this is a bad matchup for Milwaukee just because um, how my, Miami can kind of spread out Milwaukee um, uh, and, and also get, get in front of passing lanes defensively. I think that, I think they're a good defensive team. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler is a fantastic defender, and I think he's uh, he's going to make that contagious to the rest of them. They got tons of shooters. Uh, you know, Tyler Harrow, I mean, Jimmy's starting to get Hoffman three now, even though statistically he didn't shoot the three great in the regular season. Um, you got Bam. He's got great offense there. Uh, you got Drogic. You, you got Duncan Robinson. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You got tons of guys that, that can uh, shoot the basketball well and force Milwaukee to spread their team out. Um, but what, what is it that you saw, um, Bert, that just really just made you question, um, or maybe not question, maybe just like, just shocked you in this series. Uh, and what do you think led uh, the, the Bucks to be down Oh three? I, I, I can't really tell you why Cole, I think, um, Milwaukee for whatever reason, just in the bubble in general has not played well. Um, I, I I can't really attribute why per se. I mean, on paper they should be winning all of these games. Um, I I can't attribute why. Um, I I will say this. Um, I don't know if you stuck around and watched Milwaukee uh, leaving the court after the game uh, yesterday, but I I just saw a defeated team walking off. I mean, um, when you're down 3-0, nobody's come to, uh, back from that in NBA I, it, history. So, yeah, I mean, they have a reason to. I mean, I I don't know. I just, 
Milwaukee hasn't been the same team since they got in the bubble. I definitely agree with that. I think they perform a little bit different if they, if the regular season didn't come to a halt. But at the same time, you know, even if that's the case, the NBA has always been a "what have you done for me lately" league. I mean, we've seen we've seen plenty of teams like the Rockets in 2018, um, or and 29. Well, I think 2019 too. Be we one of the you know either the, uh, in 2018 they were the number one ranked uh, team, uh, and then just you know struggled to you know. You know, on paper they they were performing so well in the regular season. They really should have been up three um, one. I mean, I, I understand that Warriors team was the greatest team of all time, but we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, shouldn't have been. I think it it shouldn't have been three two at that. Even though that was great, they got three two and they blew it in the end. But I think that team should on paper should have got three one. But again, that's a prime example of um, of what have you done for me lately. Um, so I, I think the biggest problem with Milwaukee, um, I, I don't think Giannis is doing terrible. Um, obviously, we would expect him to carry his team a little bit more than he is right now. Um, I think the biggest problem is they're just getting gashed defensively um, it, by Miami. It, it, it seems to me that it might not be bad Milwaukee, just re- really hot and good Miami. Um that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. I, think, I think the biggest thing is Miami's hot um, from range. Bam Adebayo is doing his job on the interior, and be, be, uh, Bam is just doing a good job of spreading the floor too um, for uh, for his spot. He's doing a really good job of that. I mean, J- I think Jimmy is just full playoff mode. I mean, he he's definitely a guy that gets better in the playoffs, um, as we've seen. Even with uh, even with Philadelphia, uh, I don't think Philadelphia had any business taking that team to seven games um, uh, last season. Even though on paper they should have, I just think Toronto was just that good, especially with the way Kawhi was playing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't think Milwaukee can come out of this. Um, I think they may pettily win a game four, um, but I think Miami. Is either going to sweep him or, or get him in uh, get him in five? Um, I it, this is definitely a shocker. I think this also unfortunately comes with the underperformance of um, the role players and maybe a little bit of Chris Middleton. I mean, Chris Middleton. This is his first NBA All Star year. He's gotten better every year. Um, he's really turned in uh, into a significant number two to Giannis. Um, I just think. The, the way Miami's able to defend the perimeter so well, but at the same time still get in front of Giannis when he's driving and force him to really work for the points. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the, the shots that, that uh, Milwaukee shooters are used to taking from the perimeter are, are usually, they're used to it not being too contested because of the fact that Giannis can just dominate on the drive. Uh, I think that's their biggest problem. They're getting a lot more contested shots from range and their offense is just struggling to open up. But even then, I mean, that, all that being said, these games, and especially the first two that they that, that they lost, and really they've all been close games. Um, especially game two, I mean, game one was pretty close too, um, very close actually. Uh, but game two is a little bit closer, uh, well, a lot closer actually. Um, yeah, I mean this has just been a complete shock. Especially, I mean, I, I could see Miami being two one at the end of three games, but three zero, I just can't believe it. Um, 
anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that when we go back, uh, finish up and come to our predictions. Um, so let's talk about the last one. We got Boston and Toronto. Um, Boston was up 2-0 on, on Toronto, and it was looking like they were going to be, you know, up 3-0. And then Toronto, um, with 0.5 seconds left on the clock, Kyle Lowry hurls that thing freaking over Taco Fall to OG, and OG hits that thing from 3 uh, and it, it was still heavily contested by Jalen Brown, but somehow that thing went in. Um, and now, now it's a 2-1 series. Um, I guess my question for you, Bert, is um, obviously the one win Toronto has was with a, you know, a dadgum miracle, although they did keep that game very close. So that was you know, good on them. Um, do you think Boston is going to handle this thing in five, or do you think this could actually go to a six- or seven-game series? I think we can see a six or game, seven game series. I think this next game is going to be a very telling game to where the series goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can easily see Toronto come back and possibly win the next game. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a tied series and a best of three um, mm-hmm. matchup. Uh, at the same time, you know, you can also see it to where Boston wins the next game and handles them right then and there. Um I, I, I can't really say how it's going to go because I think it, it, it's a coin flip. But I I, I think you could, I, if I had to pick, I think you're going to see a series become out of it. I just think I just think after a win like that, Toronto is going to be feeling themselves a little bit. Yeah. And I, th- I think they're going to come back and win game four. Um, I. I yeah, I, I really think you're going to see a series develop. I think if they win, if they if they're somehow able to take uh, steal Game Four, this thing could go to seven really easily. Um, I mean, I, I guess a little note on both these teams, um, Boston. I mean, they this is finally the Boston team that everyone has wanted to see. That what we're seeing with uh, from what Kemba Walker has done to this team is what everyone wanted to see from what Kyrie um, coming to this team was supposed to do, right? You know, not that Kyrie played bad. It just seemed that there was a, a giant, especially last year, a giant chemistry issue. Um, you know, it just always seemed like Kyrie, you know, could cook people. Kyrie could go up for 28 and he could even have some assists, but it just didn't seem like even if Kyrie was dishing the ball out, getting assists, you know, uh, getting double doubles and stuff like that and just and taking people's ankles, being Kyrie, you know, and on paper, it looks like he's doing his job. It just didn't seem like Kyrie was able to lead that team to get the most out of everybody else. Like your Jalen Browns, especially Jason Tatum. Look at the season he's having. He's especially in the second half of the regular season slash the bubble. He's just turned into an amazing shooter. I mean, Knocked down from three. His mid-range game, I think, is really where he does some some damage. He's able to hit some baseline fadeaway jumpers and stuff like that that are just make you just go wow. Um, he's really just gotten you know just amazing from all all areas of his game, um, and really I think he has taken the number one scoring role from um, from Kemba for sure. Um, whether or not he had that at the start of the season, you can debate, but. Um, either way, I think Kemba Walker has come from my Hornets, unfortunately, and really turned this team into what Kyrie was supposed to do, was take all these guys that were left over from that amazing seven-game series two or three years ago back when 
Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were rookies and they had Scary Terry um, and took uh, well beat Milwaukee in that seven game series and then went on to lose to LeBron in I believe six or seven games. Um, you know, everyone was thinking, okay, that that team with Kyrie on paper should go to the finals the, the first year they get him, and then Kyrie gets injury trouble, and then the next series Kyrie's not happy and all this other stuff, and just it, it just blew up. And then Kemba Walker comes in, and they're like, oh, Kemba Walker's a budget Kyrie Irving. He may not be as dominant scoringly. I, I think I think he can be. I mean, obviously with the Hornets, he's he he's the franchise leading scorer. Um, you know, he's a, I think now a two-time all-star, if not three, um, he can score from anywhere. He's got, he's got a good layup package. He's got an amazing, uh, amazing Chris Paul, like mid-range game where he can, uh, hit bunny shots and stuff like that. Um, but you know, because of the fact that he's not as flashy as Kyrie and, you know, isn't going to, isn't always, a, you know, as huge of a threat to drop 50 as Kyrie. Um, uh, some people were thinking that was a downgrade, but I think, he's definitely taking this team to another level single-handedly because we're getting out out of him what we were supposed to from Kyrie team-wise. You know, I think the whole team is um, just thriving from it because Kimball Walker is such a great team player. Um, With Toronto, the fact that they're in the second round um, and their performance in the regular season, being a two-seed, I mean, everyone thought when they lost uh, Kawhi they were going to drop off and, you know, Granted, obviously, it seems like they're not as big of a threat to getting to the conference finals as as they were last year, but they're in it. They're competing. You know, they're not backing down at all. And especially with their regular season performance, you know, they haven't dropped off like we thought they would. Um, and and that's pretty big. I mean, obviously, Pascal Siakam is getting better every single year. Kyle Lowry is still doing, um, still doing good. Um, Fred uh, Fred Van Vliet, aka Fake Drake. Um, he's, he's still shooting the ball very well, um, even being offensively dominant in a few of these games. Um, it just seems like, you know, Toronto was expected to really just fall down to maybe a six or seven seed in the playoffs, barely make it in and not the case at all. Um, which I'm happy to see. Cause you know, I think Nick nurse has done a great job with that team. I think, uh, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam can make you know, anything happens. So I, I think, um, the two, the two games to really watch and I'll see what you think on this Bert in this, in, in these, uh, semifinals is obviously Rockets in Houston. And then I'd say Boston and Toronto. I mean, obviously we're not going to watch, you know, the, the Miami heat Milwaukee game. That's, there's no way they're coming back from, uh, from three. Oh, I don't think, although maybe they'll prove me wrong. We'll see. Um, Denver Clippers. I think, I mean, it could go to five, could go to six, but I definitely see the, the Clippers handling their business. I will say this with the Clippers, as far as their route to the finals and if they make it to the finals, they will only go as far as where Paul George's offensive game will take them. Because in the games where Paul George has just completely sucked, they've let all, you know bad teams either stay with them and give them a run for their money all the way up to the last couple of seconds or, or get beaten. Uh, like with what happened with Dallas and the, those two lost, that team should have handled Dallas no problem because of how good they defend. But, um, you know, Paul George and Kawhi and then Lou Will off the bench are their main shot creators. Um, Pat Bev can occasionally, uh, uh, occasionally, occasionally do, do some good stuff uh, with shot creating. But, um, you know, if you're second of your 
two main shot creators is struggling this much in the postseason offensively, you're going to be in trouble. I'm sorry. Um, so, and, and unfortunately, Paul George has had a history these past couple of years of just flaming out offensively in the playoffs. Um, and that just can't happen with this Clippers team. It's, he's, too, he's too much of an important piece. Kawhi can carry, but he can't carry for seven games, not with the, the way this team is set up. Um, Bert, do you have any predictions different than mine uh, over here? Uh, I, I, I line up fairly closely to you, Cole. Um, obviously, I think Miami's going to take that series, whether it be in four or five, I don't know. But Miami's going to take that series. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the Clippers in Denver, I can see Denver coming back and maybe winning a game or so. Um, I just think the talent that the Clippers have is too too much for them. Um, I have Clippers winning it in probably like five or six. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Houston LA matchup, I I I can't I can't tell yet. It's a fifty fifty for me. It, I think the series is definitely going to go game seven. Yeah. Um, who wins? I can't tell you. I, I, I'll, if you made me pick, I'd go with LA simply because I think they have just a little bit more talent than Houston, and they're ranked. They're they've won more games. <laughs> that's that's the only reason I would tell you LA. Um, and Boston, Boston, and Toronto. I think, I think Boston will win the series. Um, whether it goes. Seven, six, five games. Uh, I think it's going to be determined in the next game, game four. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think I think we're fairly close, Cole. Yeah, I, I think with the Rockets, I think the biggest, uh, as far as the series goes, uh, series goes, if we keep getting the Russell Westbrook we got last night, I think that we can win any game. Because James, you know, he's he's had two, you know two sub uh, very obviously game seven with OKC was not a good night for him. It was a great night for him defensively. He was the highest rated defensive player um, on on Houston's side, and that's with very good defensive games from both Robert Covington and PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. Um, by the way, Eric Gordon is a slept on perimeter defender. He might be the best perimeter defender the team has, um, low key. Um, and then game two, obviously, he only had twenty one points, but they got the dub. Um, I think with Westbrook. And this has been a little bit of a problem with him, especially um, w- when he was with uh, Paul George um, for those two years or two or three years. Um, not two years, sorry. Um, it's it's all about efficiency, right? So, you know, Westbrook in the regular season, he was playing fantastic, right? Almost at an MVP level. Uh, and some were arguing, especially after January, definitely an MVP level. He found a way. Um, to get to create his own spacing and really thrive, even with another MVP caliber player getting the same amount of touches as him. Um, but in last night, you know, 24, it's not his average that he was in the, getting in the regular season. But I think the key was efficiency, right? Um, you know, the first half he had 10 points. Um, second half, um, I mean, I really think Westbrook's run in the third quarter is really what got the Rockets the separation they needed. You know, dominated he dominated the the, the minutes when Harden was out by 15 points. Um, Ten of those, I believe, he scored alone. Um, I think I'll have to double check that. But either way, there was a there was a run where uh, from when he came in uh, came in alone in the third quarter and the start of the, the two, first two minutes of the fourth 
um, th- that period when Harden was on and Westbrook uh, was just running it. Just he dominate. You know, the statistics show that he dominated that whole. Uh, you know, when he was on the floor, that setup dominated by 15 points over the Lakers and got them the separation they needed. And the key was Westbrook was being efficient, right? 24 points is good, not his usual season average, but he wasn't taking shots he didn't have to. I mean, there was a, I think there was a three maybe that he shot that I was like, you know, man, you had 12 or 14 seconds off the shot clock, you know, maybe pass that, maybe try to get to Eric Gordon or someone else, or you can try to drive it in and create more uncontested shots. Um, even though Westbrook isn't going to be that contested from three. Um, you know, for the most part, especially compared to what we have seen with his time in the last couple of years with the Thunder, it just seemed like he was, unlike in game five and six with the Rockets, he was one, under control, two, he was being efficient, and he was t- and three, he was taking good shot selections. Um, you know, and it also seemed like his drive was in full swing. It came back in full, almost in full swing with game seven. We got just enough out of him as we needed. Um, uh, from that last OKC game, but it just seemed like, um, especially with the struggles that the Lakers were having from the perimeter, um, uh, defense that he was able to thrive on his drive. Um, so yeah, I think game two, um, Lakers are going to take it. Um, but I think uh, the thing with this Houston team is because of the way they play, because of the way they shoot so many threes, and because of how good their defense is now, they are a threat to win any game regardless of momentum. Um, I mean, even when we lost that game six game to OKC, which we played a terrible game. Um, you know, Harden did okay scoring-wise, but the team as a whole, bricking shots left and right from the perimeter. Um, Eric Gordon was shooting terrible. Westbrook had a uh, had a terrible game. Uh, he played a little bit better offensively, but he he and Harden combined for thirteen turnovers. Uh, seven of those were on Westbrook. That in twenty two turnovers on the team overall, usually that's a blowout. If you have twenty two turnovers and you're almost uh, losing the turnover battle by double digits, that's a recipe for like a twenty point blowout in my opinion. Especially with the the way the Rockets are playing small ball and they're not. D- dominating on rebounds, that's a recipe for disaster. Yet they lost it by four, I believe, four. Yeah, they lost it by four, and they were still, they had a shot to still win it in the end. So I think even if the Rockets do lose game two, it's not going to be a blowout, and they're going to have, you know, they're still going to have, you know, every game they're going to have a dice roll, and that's what I uh, what I kind of think about it. Um, Burr, you know, before we wrap up here, any last-second thoughts um, of some standouts you saw in some of these games? Any uh, favorite moments you've seen? Any of the game winners that stuck out to you? Uh, any big plays? What are you thinking? Uh, I, I will say, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, that dunk that LeBron oh, had I knew on you were talk uh, about Westbrook. That. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I saw that and I was like, man. You know, I, 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 props, I honestly but... thought for a second, I thought, it, I thought West was going to get the call. But, yeah, uh, uh, he he had his feet in the restricted area. That was the problem. He got under him, and he, he his timing was good. He just didn't get there. He didn't get. Um, he didn't get there fast enough. Yeah, I mean, obviously his timing with getting his feet planted was uh, was fast enough. It's just he just couldn't get out far enough uh, in a quick amount of time. Um, so he, he did a good job in trying to get the charge, but I think Le- when LeBron launched, he knew he was going to be in the restricted area, and obviously it's going to be an and one. It also. Uh, Another play LeBron had was the one where he uh, blocked Westbrook 
yeah. took the ball and went coast to coast. Yeah, well, the, the, I think the yeah, you went coast to coast with that. Um, yeah, I mean, LeBron. It, it's I, just two two great plays back to back like that. Yeah, I mean, well, don't forget James Harden. Um, you know, got LeBron on a piece of that dunk he had on that on that uh, that steal and transition dunk. That was a great play. Um, I'm I'm glad we saw Harden dunk that. <laughs> Thank goodness he Harden doesn't dunk as hey, much LeBron, as you think. LeBron was coming for him. Well, even James Harden like stepped to the right a little bit to make sure LeBron would get a piece of the dunk. Um, so that, that that was fun to see. Kind of a little revenge for what LeBron did to Westbrook. Um, but yeah, I mean that again. That's another play where. I mean, keep in mind, um, James Harden is leading the uh, the entire league in the postseason and in the bubble, the eight-game eight, 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 uh, bubble period in steals. Um, he's really turned into not just, uh, you know, not just n- not a, a liability defensive player, but as we saw in Game 7, um, a guy who can, uh, when, you know, can and has been, uh, you know, the, this, this last year or two, um, good on the defensive end, and then this, these last couple weeks, great on the defensive end, especially against some of these post guys. You know, him getting out in front of them and using the strength that he has um, to box them out and try to you know try to force them into a bad mid range shot or something like that or some kind of hook instead of an easy layup. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of encouraging things to see from the Rockets here, but more importantly, I just think um, you know the the West has been a lot better. Uh, playoff entertainment than the East for sure, but I definitely think these conference finals are going to be some of the best we've ever seen in a long time. Um, I, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, whether we get a battle of LA in the conference finals, like everyone has been, has been saying it's going to happen in the West, uh, or we get maybe a Rockets-Clippers uh, matchup, um, and then, obviously, I think we're going to get Miami in the conference finals on the other side. Whether we get Boston or Toronto is a toss-up. But I definitely think, one way or another, we're going to have some conference finals that are really going to be the best we've seen in years. Um, yeah. Um, well, I think, I think we've covered everything we want to cover today, NBA. Um, for, you know, for those of you all who listen to the end, we thank you. Uh, you know, we're sorry that a lot of these podcasts are starting to sound like, uh, sound like business calls. It's because it basically is. I mean, I have to, the, the audio from Bird is coming from a phone call. Um, I, I call him in from the phone because he's in Mississippi and I'm in Texas. Uh, when Landon's on, he's also in a different part of uh, Texas. He's usually back home or in Belton. Um, so we have to do a lot of this remotely uh, instead of like when we first started this thing, we were able to do everything in person. But we're doing our best here. We try to make the conversations as fluid as possible, and you know we're just happy to be back now. We're hopefully going to get some more uh, frequent episodes um, now that we're got, done with, done with summer school. College and NFL football coming up as well. Thank God we got football back, and we're going to have the NFL in less than a week now. Um, I think that this NFL season will be fun to watch. Um, college football, you know, we don't have all of it yet. Um, you know, obviously Big Ten. I don't know if they're going to come back or not. Uh, but we got SEC, we got ACC, I think, um, big got, got, got the big 12. I think, you know, we'll be plenty entertained for a little bit. Um, yeah. So we thank you guys for listening. Um, we uh, hope to create some better content for you as we go on. And, uh, that's all from here.